Hey guys, you are currently listening to the third week of the Camouflage series, Camouflage Speech. Hope you guys enjoy, and thanks for being with us. So, first thing, guys, I know we've been talking about in the last few weeks, it's been rather harsh. Lauren, if you want to grab a chair, go for it. We've, uh, it's been kind of, kind of hard things. It's been, it's been about trials and the tough things in life and overcoming Satan and overcoming the world. But I want you guys to know that it's not, we're not doing it alone. I know I've told you guys that, but we have a God that loves us so much that he gave his only son like that, like the movie we're going to do. It's incredible. Like if you apply that to really, we are the criminal. We are the man who got to go free. That is us. That really is us. And if we picture it like that, serving Christ is going to be easier. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes the things we have to do to make this difficult decisions are going to be hard. But God loves us so much that He gives us the strength. He gave us His Holy Spirit. He gave us the Helper. So remember that, guys. And I know we've been going through some hard things. But know that our God loves us incredibly. And that the life that He offers is better than anything this world can offer. Anything. Better than the best this world can offer. So that's the first thing. First thing up for our verse for the week. Does anybody have Ephesians 4.29 memorized by chance? Go for it, Kylie. Read it for us. Ephesians 4.29. Okay, and out of the New King James, it's let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification that it may impart grace to the hearers. Next up, how many people, I know we talked about gossip last week a little bit. How many people were confronted with gossip like you, just people around you were gossiping this week and you noticed it or it came and you were like, it came to you whether to talk about somebody or not. Did anybody come up with that up upon that this week? That's funny because we learned about that last week and I was the same thing. It felt like it was so strong gossip. It felt like it had been so easy to say something bad about somebody. I was like, oh my goodness. And it was like God saying, if you're going to preach it, you better live it. So it was funny, but it was true. And uh, all like all week, it was like this guy would say something bad about me, and I had a chance to revile or get back at him. And I was like, "Dang!" So I, I had the same thing. So I'm glad that I'm glad that it happened to you in a sense because you guys have seen it's real, and you guys are like, "Okay, recognizing it." Um, how did we respond, Hannah? How did you respond this week when you saw gossip coming towards you? I did too. So I, I fell a few times. All right. Any guys come in contact with gossip this week? What you, you, was your response to it? How did you respond? Did you interact in it or did you kind of saw it and backed off? Well, I just kind of like, I didn't so much respond that I was like, oh, okay. Like I just, I acknowledged they said something, but I didn't like dive into it. So they, I didn't put them down, but I didn't right. Right. gossip. And sometimes you can't leave. Like when all the gossip was going on, it was during work. For me, so I couldn't leave. I'm working. I can't. I mean, I can't just like. Oh, I'm not working here. Were you gonna say something? No. I thought you were gonna say something. Okay. He was, he was thinking about it. All right, guys. Well, and I want you guys to know that this is kind of like interactive. If you guys have questions, just raise your hand. Not a problem. And we'll we'll go through it because that's what we're here. To, we're here to grow together. I'm proud of you guys that you guys recognized it and saw it because that was big, and I was. It's funny because I was just surprised that how much it came upon me, which was. I guess I shouldn't be, but it, I guess I was. 
Um, Lindsay, what did you find that was the hardest part about the gossip this week? What did you find was like the hardest thing for you to do? Like to walk away, resist, not say anything? What was like... Uh-huh. That's good. Good, good. I'm glad that you didn't get caught up in it. Did anybody, instead of hearing the gossip, make a good comment about somebody? Josh, what, what happened? What happened? What happened? Like, the gossip was happening and you said something good. What happened? Oh, wait. No, this, I just gave a compliment. That's what I mean. Compliment. What happened? Like, they were what, what was going on and you complimented. Oh, my mom thought she was getting old. Oh, and you're complimenting? And I was like, oh, mother, you look at the age of 21. Okay. Okay. So, guys, this is, we're down to our last two points of the camouflage speech. Um, I have a calendar. I didn't get it printed out, but I will print it out. And what it is, it's our list of events. So after next week, we're going to take a week break and answer your guys' questions. First question we're going to answer is, why do good things happen to bad people and why do bad things happen to good people? We're going to address that question after week four. And then after that, it's going to be in camouflage thoughts. That's going to be our next topic. After that, I think we're going to have one session, one session, like one week of camouflage thoughts. There was so much to cover in camouflage speech that we just, there were so many good points to hit. So, next week, and I'm really excited about next week, is going to be the name of the Lord. And I'm really excited. I don't want to reveal anything because I really don't have anything planned. But I'm excited because I've been, uh, God's been doing a lot. But this week, we're going to be looking at the general words out of our mouths. If I asked you guys what that meant to you, what would you say if I was like, general speech, what does that mean? Like, okay, 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 elaborate. Like, everybody has a special way of talking, mm-hmm. like, whether it be like, certain words you say, the way you say certain words, like vernacular, right. stuff like that, so like, if you have a speech impediment, or if you use like really big words, or you know, if you speak Spanglish, you know how to say it in okay. Spanish. Okay. Like that. It's just the way you talk. All right, Josh, what do you think? What do you think that means? Um, general, just the general words out of our mouth. If I asked you what that means, that's Josh and Josh. Josh one, Josh two. Big Josh, little Josh. That's all right. Back to it. What do you think? What do you think that means? Okay. Guys, what I meant by that, and those are very good things, but I mean like, go ahead. Right, right. So, and that's what we're going to go off of. And what I was talking about too is what we're talking about during the day, guys. Is it pleasing to God? Like, God doesn't want us to be like the world. He wants to be, us to be set apart from the world. First slide, please. In 1 Peter 2, 1-10, through 10, it says, Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Like, like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk. That means read the Word. Crave the Word. That's why you guys, I believe, are here, and you guys are coming back. It's because God's speaking to you. And it's just awesome. You crave in that spiritual milk. Nothing of me. That's what God provides. So that it may 
so that by it you may grow up in your salvation, now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. As you come to Him, the living stone, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to Him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in Scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in Him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe, the stone is precious. But to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected and be has become the cornerstone, and a stone that causes people to stumble, and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. But you, this is what I want you guys to hear, especially, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possessions, that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His wonderful light. Once you were a once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Sounds like a pretty high standard, right? Sounds like a pretty dang high standard. But that's exactly what we're called to, guys. God knows we're going to fall. God knows we're going to make mistakes. But you know, the God of this universe, how can we expect Him to expect any less of us than what he wants as his best. Like, we should never just shoot for okay, guys. We should shoot for God's best. We should shoot for God's best. But like I was saying before, there should never be some kind of legalistic, have to serve the Lord, gotta go to church on Sundays kind of life. That's not what it was ever meant to be. That was not what it was ever meant to be. There's people that treat it like that today. There's people that treat like you got to follow the rules 100%. Yes, we are trying our best to follow the rules. Why? Because the God of the universe, the person whose child we shot, saved us. Re saved us. I mean, could have just, I mean, we sinned against him. But he loved us enough to reach down and save us and pull us out of that darkness. Pull us into the light. And when we remember that, and we remember that He is pulling us through, then we are serving with right motives. We can get caught up so easy, easily in legalistic things. That's I get caught up in that stuff. I'm like, I'm serving, walking, walking, walking. And even so, I've like lately I've been asking myself. I, I felt for a long time I was like on this legalistic. I got to witness to everybody I talked to. Boom, boom, boom. And it was like this strain. And I was like, I know I'm supposed to be happier than this with God. God is, I'm trying to serve Him. Why am I not at peace? Why am I not happy? That's what my daily bread talked about. Did it? Yeah, being too busy for God. Yeah, and, and, and it was like in the church of Ephesus, it talks in Revelation where it says, you've lost your first love. You've lost your first love. And that's, and that's what I was doing. And I talked to my uncle, and he really just helped me. And was like, you know, just serve God. And, and as you're going, just serve God. And it's funny because I was thinking today, I was like, man, I haven't done anything for God in a long time. It seems I haven't witnessed anybody. So what does God do today? He brings somebody along to witness to. And it, and it was cool. It wasn't like some legalistic burden. It was just neat. It was really neat. And if I remember that I'm serving Christ because He died for me, He loved me, then it becomes easier. It doesn't mean there's not going to be hard things, but it becomes the right motive and the right focus. So the first fill-in is Isaac doing awesome with the slides. We need to set 
our minds on things that are pure and worthy of praise. See, if we do that, guys, like Philippians 4 says, what comes out of our mouths, what do you guys think is going to come out of our mouths if we're thinking on good things, if we're thinking on what God's done for us? What do you think is going to come out of our mouths? Travis. Good things, right? Because God's on our mind, right? It's not our problems, or not ourselves, but because we know our God is awesome. Um, there's a saying, I love it, it says, uh, don't tell God how big your problems are, tell your problem how big your God is. I love that, I love that. So Philippians 4.8 addresses our minds. Go ahead, Philippians 4.8. Oh, I guess we don't have it, that's okay, that's my fault. Philippians 4.8 says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, Whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Guys, don't let the problems of our lives, don't let those things rule us. Set your mind on godly things. Set your mind on things above. Because that's going to change your whole attitude throughout the day. If you're focusing on good things, even when something bad comes, and you're focusing on the greatness of God and how He can handle you're going to be able to deal with it a whole lot better than if you say, my own strength, my own problems, my own blah, 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 this is going on in my life. Don't forget how big your God is. Tell that problem that my God is stronger than anything. He calms the seas. He brings down fire from heaven. That's our God. So, let me ask the football players in here. When you're called, when you're going up to the line, and the quarterback says, set, what does that mean? Well, what does that mean? After you're set, what can you do? You can't move, right? You can't move. Cody, in general, Cody, once they're set, you're not supposed to move, right? Your line, your line isn't supposed to move, right? You're supposed to hold, right? So if we hold our minds on pure things, guys, think about that. You're coming up to a problem and you're holding your mind on God's things. You're not going to be moved. You're not going to be pushed. You're not going to be pushed around because God is leading you. God is... Hold those thoughts. Hold on those good things. Kind of like Peter Pan had to do. He had to keep that good thought or he'd lose. Remember? No. You don't remember? No, don't. Nobody's seen Hook? Oh, man. When he's like, hold that good thought and he forgets and he falls down. Anyways, apart from that, yes. Why is Peter Pan on Anyways, set your mind on those good things, guys. Set your mind on those good things. So, the second fill-in. Next. Keep going. Sorry, I thought we had this. The thing we must do is we cannot do it ourselves. We can't, guys. We can't. Adam Gross cannot do it himself. Hannah Martin cannot do it herself. Lauren Johns cannot do it herself. But you know who can? The Holy Spirit enables us to conquer our speech. When you're in gossip and you're remembering God and you didn't say anything and you're because you're pleasing God, you're under the control of the Holy Spirit because we want to lash out. We want to say something. We want to say something. You're going to have to go up a slide, I think, Isaac. James... 3, 8 through 12 talks us, tells us all about this. Sam, you want to read this for us? Yes, sir. Then 
So, if no one can tame the tongues and the Holy Spirit is really in control of our lives, Paul is talking to the Philippians here. Go ahead and go to uh, Philippians 4. Keep going. Oh, right there. Perfect. We're going to kind of read the whole chapter just to, it's kind of short, it's got a lot of good things, guys. Uh, if you're going through something tough, this is the chapter you want. This is the chapter that will get you through. This is the chapter that's going to bring you joy. If anybody's in high school was here the night before I went to the hospital, the week my dad passed, they know what I spoke on this Philippians 4, 6, and 7 when I said, you mean I can have peace and joy and my dad could die? Anybody kind of remember that? If you don't, I did say that. Remember that? That week I had more peace and joy than I've ever had in my life. My dad passed that week. I didn't understand why. I, I kept like trying to feel sad. I mean, there were tears here and there, but I was like, why am I okay with this? Why does this not bother me? And it's because God was protecting me. God was giving me strength. God was giving me peace. I know where my dad's at. He held me. So let's read this together. Lindsay, you want to read it for us? Yodia, I don't know, that's what we'll say. Sintiq. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Let's give Lindsay a hand. All right, great. Let, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Guys, if you're going through something, write this down. Because these are your verses that you want. You want Philippians 4, 6, and 7. You want to quote them at Satan. You want to ask God. You say, God, you say this in your word. Please provide me. I need it. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, that means everything you're going through, good, bad, or anything, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving. That means you can say, God, I know I'm going through this, but thank you for being able to get me through this. God, thank you for giving me the strength. Thank you for being such an awesome God. You talk to God with boldness. You let Him know that He's your God. You let Him know. Hold on one sec. You let Him know that He's your God. With thanksgiving, present your request to God. In the NASB, it says, all your requests to God. Come to Him with everything. This is the best part, guys. This is what you're going to get. Don't go by feeling, but go by what God's Word says. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I didn't understand why I had peace and why I had joy and why I had comfort. But God says that He's going to give us the peace. He's going to give us the joy. In Philippians 4.8, which we just read, 
That's okay. In Philippians 4 8, do you have a question, Colton? I got it. Okay. In Philippians 4 8, it says, Brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, what we just read, put those things in your mind. When you got those problems, trust God and put the things, put that He is your God, that He can conquer all storms, that He brings fire down from heaven. You better believe it. You better believe it. Nine, whatever you've learned or received or have heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. I rejoice greatly in the Lord at last. You renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. God, you know what I heard? My mom was reading her devotional today, and it talks about, and Mark, I don't have the verses up because it was a last-minute thing this morning. But, Mark, who's heard where the disciples get in the boat and Jesus is sleeping and there's a, sh a storm or rock in the boat? Who's heard that story? Right? Jesus says, I'm going to get you to the other side. But what he doesn't say is that there's not going to be storms on the journey there. And I love that. Because God gets up and is like, you not trust me? And like calms the seas. I mean, he calms the seas. So, remember that. That whatever you're in, Learn to be content with God. Learn to be content and joyful and at peace with God. Say, God, I don't know where you're going. I don't know what you're doing. I am in a bad place, but I know you can get me through it. Know what's true, not by what you feel, because if you lead by emotions, you will go off the cliff every time. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. See, this is Paul writing. He was a Pharisee. At one point, he had he was like, high ranking, and then after he went to be a Christian, I mean, you talk about a guy who had hard, hard trouble is, is Paul. Um, sorry. I've learned to be, have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living or living in plenty or in want. And then this is the verse we all heard, guys. This gives us conquer. I can do all this through who, him who gives me strength. Or I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You guys have heard that. So go ahead and go to the next slide. So, yeah. Sorry. Next feeling, sorry. Keep going. Yep. All right, guys. Like we looked at last week, we can have victory over our tongue because Christ won. That means we will win. Not we might win. We will win. Big key point. The only way we can win is if, if we depend on Him. Solely depend on Him. Because if we don't, then we're going to be on our own strength. So Flick, if I was to ask you what it means to depend on God, what would you say? What, was that, what would that look like in your life? Okay. Shelby, what do you think it means to rely on Him? Like completely depend on Him. What does that mean? Okay. And one more. Don, what do you think it means to completely depend on Him? 
Cool. You know, guys, like I said, we've been, we, this week's kind of, it's kind of went through a trial stage. I've been looking like, eh, I mean, trials is, that's kind of what we're looking at, trials. And depending on him is looking, that means like babies, right? Take, think about babies. Everybody loves babies, right? But they rely when they're walking for their dad to catch them. They rely for everything. They rely on their mom for the food. They can't feed themselves. They can't really do anything without somebody helping them. That's how we should be to Christ is, man, we need you, God. I, I can't do this. I can't do anything without you. And if we come to that notion, we just appreciate God so much more. In, in the Daily Bread, which was in August, it says, uh, the Iron, My Tri- Iron Man Triathlon consists of a 2.4-mile 2. 2. swim, a 112-mile bike ride, and a 26.2-mile 20, 20, run. It is not an easy feat for anyone to co- accomplish. But Dick Hoyt participated in the race and completed it with his physically disabled son, Rick. When, Rick. when Dick swam, he pulled Rick in a small boat. When Dick cycled, Rick was in a seat pod on the bike. When Dick ran, he pushed Rick along in a wheelchair. Rick was dependent on his dad in order to finish the race. He couldn't do it without him. We see a parallel between their story and our own Christian life. Just as Rick was dependent on his dad, we are dependent on Christ to complete our Christian race. As we strive to live a God-pleasing life, we realize that in spite of our best intentions and determination, we often stumble and fall short. By our strength alone, it is impossible. Oh, how we need the Lord's help. And it has been provided. Paul declares it with these insightful words, It is no longer I, but Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. We cannot finish the Christian race on our own. We have to do so by depending on Jesus living in us. And then on the bottom it says, Faith connects our weakness to God's strength. So, we aren't meant, guys, to stop and to quit our Christian life and quit the Christian race when it gets hard. We aren't meant meant to stop. We aren't meant to stop. And like I've said before, you guys, it's not if we come into trials, it's when. It's when, because we will. But Paul, I'm talking about he's been shipwrecked, he's been beaten and left to die, and a lot more than that. But his conclusion at the end of his life as he's about to be martyred, meaning he's dying for his faith, this is what Paul concludes. This is what Paul writes in 2 Timothy 4, 1-8. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of His appearing and His kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to itching ears what what they want to hear. That's like you hear preachers on, on the TV or radio today about I'm going to give you what you want to hear. Uh, I'm going to preach the prosperity gospel. That's not the true gospel. We're in the end times, guys. Um, there's false doctrine everywhere. Be careful. Be on the lookout. Paul warns us about this. It says, They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you keep your head in all situations. Endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. 
discharge all the duties of your ministry. And here's what I want you guys to see. For I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time of my departure is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed to see His appearing. So whatever you're going through, just hold on. You need to hold on to Christ. You guys have all heard the footsteps in the sand poem, I'm sure. Um, anybody know it by heart? Do it, do it the best you can, because, go ahead. Um, it's about a man who, when he runs in his life, every time a good time in his life would happen, he would have this dream, and he'd be walking on this beach, and there'd be two footprints in the sand. Two sets of footprints, right? Like two sets, yeah. And he, oh, and it was him, it was him and God walking together in his good times in his life. And he noticed that whenever he was having a hard time in his life, he would have a dream, and it would only be one footprint in the sand, and he always felt like God left him. And those hard times, it was, it was him by himself fighting on his own. And he finally died, and he, when he went to heaven, he met the Lord, and he said, Lord, why is it that in the hardest times in my life, there's only one footprint in the sand? You left me, and I'm by myself. And God said to him, I never left you. In those hard times, those were my footprints, and I was carrying you. I love that. I was carrying you. I was carrying you through it. God doesn't let, God doesn't let us go. Remember this fact. Bank on this, guys. If you don't hear anything, anything, listen to this next point. After the video. Christ understands how difficult life is. What's up? Christ understands how difficult life is, guys. And Christ tells us in Ephesians 6, 18... There we go. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayer and requests. Be with this in mind. Be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. We've kind of went over this, guys. But make sure that you come to God in everything, whether it's good or bad. Just come to Him and let Him know. Depend. Depend on Him. I don't know what kind of father you had in the past. I know there's some really crappy fathers out there, guys. I was fortunate enough in the last two and a half years before my dad died that he was a Christian man and he was a follow and he was a follower of Christ. He was a heck of a dad in the last two and a half years of my life. But before that, he was not a spiritual leader for my family. But just know that Christ is the ultimate father. Don't let the picture of your father represent the picture of God as our father. Don't let what you've known in the past to think that's how God is now. Because that's not how God is. He loves us, guys. He's incredible. He gets us through everything. Next point, guys, is to get real with God. Let me hear it together on three. One, two, three. Get real with God. Guys, if I was to ask Bree, since I haven't called on her all night, what would you think that means get real with God? What do you think? Okay. What I'm going for more than that is, and that's going to be our next series, it's candy bars. 
because we go to a, we we like to go to a vending machine because it's easy. Push a couple buttons, doo -doo, it comes out, right? God isn't a vending machine. He wants us to come to him with our tears. God, I don't know what's going on. I don't understand. Don't get angry at God because but get real with God. Say, God, I don't understand. Why is this happening? Lord, show me. Show me. Get me through this. Don't play the poor me card, but come to God with your problems. Come to Him with, God, thank You so much. Oh my goodness, Lord, You're revealing Your truth to me. David danced down the street. King David, the king at the time, was dancing down the street praising God. His wife says, what are you doing? You're going to become undignified. And he says, I will become even more undignified than this. King David was real with God. He poured out his heart. He poured out his sorrow. He's amazing. Get real with God. If you don't understand something, come to Him and say, I don't understand, Lord. I'm trying to walk the walk. I'm trying to live what I say. People are making fun of me. People are persecuting me. People are laughing. There's a man on trial right now. His name is Yusef Nanakarni. I think that's his last name. He's on trial right now for speaking his faith. He won't deny his faith. If they convict him, if they decide to give him, they're, they're trying to give him the death penalty right now. This is, yeah, I forget what country he's in. Look up Yusef Nanakarni. Pastor Yusef. He's a Christian. Yes. He, no, no, no. He's a Christian and he's on trial by the government. The government wants him to deny his faith. He won't deny it. If he gets, he will get the death penalty. He has a wife and two kids. A wife and two kids, guys. Pray for him. But what I mean by that is that's real. People are dying for their faith. It's real. Come to God. Get real with God. God, I, I don't desire to be in Your Word. I don't desire to follow You right now. This is hard. But God, I know I want to. God, I know... In the back of my mind, I know what's right, but I, right now I can't do it. God, give me the strength. Give me the words. Help me. Help me. Come like that to God. Don't come with candy bar. Lord, thank you for this food. Amen. Lord, thank you for this day. Amen. That's not a prayer. Get real. Get on your knees if you have to. Get real with God. Cry. Open up. Give everything you have. Like I said, the God who brings fire down, who can calm the seas. That's our God. Is that your God? That is our God. But we're going to look at now. I didn't put it up on screen. Or he might have put it up on screen. Did we put Job 1? I think we put Job 1. No, we didn't. Okay. Job, we're going to read the story of Job. Guys, you guys think you have problems? Listen to the story of Job. Because here we go. Job 1. It's quite a long time to listen to the point. I'm talking about you want to make yourself on the worst day feel awesome? Read the story of Job. Here we go. Job 1. There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. Uh, it's whatever. It was Job. And that man was blameless and upright, one who declared, oh, sorry, one who feared God and turned away from evil. There were born from him to him seven sons and three daughters. He possessed 7,000 sheep. 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, and 500 female donkeys, and very many servants, so that this man was the greatest of all the people of the east. His sons used to go and hold a feast in the house of each one on his day, and they would send and invite their three sisters and eat and drink with them. And when the days of the feast 
had run their course, Job would sin and consecrate them, and he would rise early in the morning and offer burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, It may be the children that have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Or for Job said, It may be, sorry, that my children have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus Job did continually. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves to the Lord, and Satan also came among them. The Lord said to Satan, From where have you come? Satan answered the, uh, answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro on the earth and from walking up and down on it. And the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my, my servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth, blameless and up, and a blameless and upright man who fears God and turns away from evil? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Job fear God for no reason? Have you blessed the work of his hands and his possessions have increased in the land? But stretch out your hand and touch all that he has, and he will curse you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your hand. Only do not kill him. Basically is what I mean. Don't kill him. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. Now there was a day when his sons... This is about, about to where it's about to get ugly. Now there was a day when his sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house. And there came a messenger to Job and said... The oxen were plowing, and the donkeys feeding beside them. And the Sabians fell upon them and took them and struck them down with the edge of the sword. And I alone have escaped to tell you. Okay, so there goes all of his oxen and all of his donkeys and all his servants. While he was yet speaking, so as that guy was still speaking, there came another and said, The fire of God fell from heaven and burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them. And I have alone escaped to tell you. Two, bad, 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 bad things. Third, while he was yet still speaking, there came another and said, The Chaldeans have formed three groups and made a raid on the camels and took them and struck them down and the servants with the edge of the sword. And I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was yet speaking, there came another and said, Your sons and your daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house. And behold, a great wind came across the wilderness, and struck the four corners of the house, and it fell in among the young people, and they were dead. And I alone have escaped to tell you. Not such a good day for Job. But the best part, I'm talking about Job, you want to talk about a man of God. I strive to be like Job, more like David, because I want to be a man after God's own heart. Yeah. Because I'm telling you what, I, Job, I mean, you want to listen, like I said, but this is what Job does. He says in verse 20, it says, Then Job arose and tore his robe and shaved his head and fell on the ground and worshipped. And he said, Naked I came from my mother's womb and naked I shall return. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job did not sin or charge God with wrong. Job was a real dude. He was strong. He was, I mean... To be able to lose all that, I mean, when we have a bad day, we're like, oh my gosh, poor me. This guy had a million times worse than our worst day, I'm sure. I guarantee you, nobody's had worse than this day. Well, that's pretty bad, stub and toe. That's, Job didn't feel it himself, so he, it was worse. You lost your pinky toe now. Okay. But Job, but did you get down and worship God? After? Yeah, I bet. No. But really, but really, really, bring it back, bring it back. Job brings down and worships God, and he says, God gives and the Lord takes away. Job knew 
God. Job knew that, okay, if, I, if this is happening, God has a reason. God just doesn't do things for no reason. He Remember that. Remember that. God just doesn't do things for no reason. He doesn't get pleasure out of making us suffer. It's not what He does. But if you guys have had any kind of father, you understand that they rebuke and they try to... Even if you've had a crappy father, they may be trying to get you to do the right thing. Or maybe they haven't. And I'm sorry if you haven't had a good father. That's really sad because the father is what really helps the household. But we have God as our father and He can still restore anything that's broken. Know that. He can restore anything and everything that's broken. Nothing is too big for our God. But what Job did here is he made the choice to worship God. See, when bad times come into our lives, we have two choices, God. Guys, God. We have two choices, guys. We can either blame God for the bad that's going on. We can either say, God, why are you doing this? This is all your fault. When I said get real with God and ask God why, not like, why are you doing this? But I say, God, why? I don't understand. I don't understand. Just tell me you don't understand. But here, you can either blame God or you can hold on tight and hold on to the promise, promises of God. Because when you go through our times, James, in James it tells us to ask for wisdom if we lack it. In James 1.5. James 1.5. But the thing is, is God doesn't always promise to change our situations. He doesn't always promise to heal the cancer. Obviously, that's the cool thing in my life is God's healed me of my kidney transplant, but He allowed my dad to go. So I've seen both ends of the spectrum. Like, God didn't heal my dad, but He healed me. So God doesn't always promise to f fix the situation. But He'll get you through it. He'll get you through it. And He'll restore. And the other cool thing is that, that through the trials, guys, that who can honestly say, like, how many has been through a trial? Been through some kind of trial, even if you think it's a trial and it's really not your trial, or you think, but it really impacts your life. Anybody? Okay, if you haven't, you will be. That's okay, because God is with you. If, if the Lord is your Savior. If you don't, I'm sorry, because you're going through it alone. Uh, but who can say through that trial, they come out stronger and a changed person? Changed. You're stronger and you don't know it. You're stronger because that trial, if it comes up again or anything like that, you know how to handle it because God showed you. God, now there's been times where people can, will go through trials without God. I don't know how people do it. I don't know how. But I love this saying. Trials aren't meant to show us how strong our faith is, but instead it shows us how weak we are and how strong God is. Everybody agree? On three, say yes. One, two, three. Yes. Our trials are not meant to show us how strong our faith is, but how weak we are and how strong God is. Because when we come into a trial, we're like, oh my goodness, I am weak here. I need you, Lord. And it shows once again how strong our God is. And He gets us through it. He changes us. Every trial, He's going to get us through. We might be going through a trial and we might... Not make it through the trial. I mean, like, my dad didn't obviously get through cancer, but he was going through the trial, and God was getting him through it. But God will take us through those storms. Don't, don't look for the end of the tunnel. Look for the light in your path, in the front of your path. Just look for the next step. Don't look ahead. Don't look ahead, because then you're going to get overwhelmed. You're going to get scared. But if you just allow God to show you one step at a time, or two steps at a time, or whatever He wants to reveal, it, you, reveal to you, and you just go by that, you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay because you're trusting God step by step, step by step.
So, James 1, 2 through 4. I really, well, we don't have it. Okay, so sorry guys, we're going to be better on the PowerPoint next time. That's okay, that's okay. That shows you what happens when you do it the last day. That's my fault, my fault. So, in James, in James, if somebody would love to look this up, I'd love to hear it. James 1, verses 2 through 4. Please, somebody read it. Whoever has it, just let me know when you have it. Kylie, go for it. So, God says to consider it all joy. That's weird, right? Consider joy, trials? Like, those words are kind of a contradiction. But, it's funny because if you look at it like God's doing something in my life, and God's changing something in my life, I'm going through hell on earth. I'm going through a bad part in my life. But God is changing me Okay, God, cool. I know you're doing something, and it's exciting, and it's joy. But also because your faith is being tested, God's refining you. See, anybody know what they do to gold to refine it? They melt it, right? They turn up the heat. They turn up the heat. That's what God does on our life. He turns up the heat, not just to refine us, but to change us, to make us more pure, more pure. So when God turns up the heat, be joyful in that. I look back at my kidney transplants and everything that I've been through. And I, I don't mean to talk about me so much. I just look and it's just God's done. I can say from an honest perspective. I'm not saying from somebody else's perspective, but from my own thoughts and my own thing. I'm glad I went through my kidney transplant. I'm glad that my dad allowed himself. God took him. God took him and his time was up. But I'm glad that I was able to experience that. I'm glad that I went through my kidney transplant. Not that God got me through it. I'm glad that too, but I'm glad I went through it. Because I can stand here and say with 100% confidence, my God is real. He will save me. He has saved me from hell. He loves me. And I wouldn't know that without the hard times. Without the hard times, see, we walk thinking we can do it ourselves until we hit our knees and we realize we can't pick our own selves up, that God has to pick us up. And then we're like, wow, God is amazing. God is amazing. But if you're doubting, like God just still doesn't understand. He really doesn't understand me. He doesn't understand what I'm going through. I'd like to leave you with these two scriptures. It's really, really good. The first scripture is Hebrews 4. Hey, hey, we got it. Hebrews 4, 15 and 16. Let's go. Who hasn't read? Cody Ellick. Read it for us. I love that. Hebrews 4, 15 and 16. This, this part trips me out though. I was reading it and it's funny what God will reveal to me. It's like I, I, I never really know what He's going to reveal to me through these messages. But this really just stuck out to me because the God of the universe tells me to come boldly. How can I, a sinner, come boldly to, to pure holiness, to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy. Mercy and grace. Mercy is not getting what you should, what you do deserve, 
And grace is getting what you don't deserve. That we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. God, I've screwed up. I've done something so bad. I need your mercy. I need you. Come. I'm coming to your throne like you tell me. Please give me your grace. Forgive me. Forgive me. Come to God boldly. Come to Him boldly. That's amazing that He says boldly. We are so weak. Like If you put it in the terms like we were saying, think about the guy who shot the guy's son. Boom. It'd be like that guy coming to the other man saying, I need your love. I'm sorry. I, I, need, I need your forgiveness. And that guy going, okay, I forgive you. I forgive you. The second scripture reminds us of this. Like, ooh, that God wants us to come to Him knowing He is our rock. Ooh, see, He got fancy. See, He got fancy. Can you rewind that and show Him again? Oh, fancy. Our foundation. Rock foundation. Here comes the next fanciness. That God wants us to come to Him knowing He is our rock, our foundation, and our Savior. And that scripture is Romans 8, 26-27. It says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weakness. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. Anybody just been through, going through something or, or doesn't know what to pray? Anybody been, or just sometime you're like, I don't know what to pray. Anybody ever, anybody ever been like that? Me too. I, God, I don't know what to pray. But check this out. If we have the Holy Spirit, like I said, you have to know Christ to have these gifts. You have to know Christ. If you don't know Christ, He doesn't have to hear your prayers. That's just a fact. If you do know Christ, He hears every one of your prayers. But this is the cool part. If you don't know what to pray, well, we don't know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit Himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now He searches the hearts, knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because He makes intercessions for the saints according to the will of God. See, God... Um, sorry. God wants us to come to Him like I said and everything. Even when we don't know what to say. He's going he's gonna to intercede for us. He's going to help us. He's going to get us through it. And He knows what we need. But just remember, as you go out this week, as you're speaking... Your general word, speak what's pleasing to God. Like Psalm 19.14 says, says, May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart... I don't have that up. May the words of my mouth... Okay, go ahead. That's part of the steps for next week. Keep reading this first. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Guys, so whatever you guys are saying, what you guys are talking about, what you guys are talking about in the locker rooms, what you guys are talking about in your group of circle of girls, what you guys are talking about in your... Your, your friends at lunch. Let it be pleasing in the sight of the Lord. It doesn't matter to anybody else, does it, Colton? doesn't matter to anybody else who we're pleasing. Our rock and our Redeemer is the Lord, and that's who we need to please. Now, you guys, like I said, I want you guys to bow your heads right now. Right now. We're going to pray. We're going to close it up. And we guys, if anybody doesn't know Christ as their Savior, that what you know your best hasn't been good enough, you know you can't get through, 
know that Christ can, but that's not the main reason why He came to die. He came to die because we're all messed up. And if anybody doesn't know Christ, I want them to raise their hand and ask because Christ will come boldly into our hearts because you know that we need Him. I want anybody that doesn't know Christ to raise their hand. And guys, I'm glad that you're all here. It's great. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. But let's pray and we'll close it up, guys. Lord, we come before You. We thank You for this evening, God. We, we see that You are our rock and our redeemer. We see that You can do anything and everything. God, we pray that You would uh, open up our hearts and our minds to more of Your truth this week. Lord, speak to us through Your Word. Really, Lord, just get us through this week and help us to watch our speech, Lord. Let what we say, Lord, let what we post on Facebook, God, what we, anything that we're doing or saying, God, that is pleasing to You, Lord, that, that we're pleasing You, God, because You are what matters. God, who's ever going through anything in here? God, I, I know that there's some hard times and, and that there's struggles, especially in high school, Lord, of, of we just don't know where we're going, Lord, and, and we may not know what to ask, but Lord, we pray right now for wisdom. And anybody that's out of high school, Lord, that's going through a hard time or just struggling with where to go or doesn't know what to do, God, I pray that they'll come boldly to you and, and know that you can, can answer, Lord, if we come boldly. Lord, I just thank you for everybody here and I pray that you get everybody home safe. Lord, we love you, and we just ask for a, a safe week and help us to please you. We love you, God, and we pray this in your name. Amen. So, guys. Hey, guys, and thanks for being with us for Camouflage Week 3. Make sure you tune in next week for the fourth week of Camouflage. It's going to be on the name of the Lord.